I once had a roommate um, who boiled eggs. Like, so, uh, so he always boiled eggs. And so, like, in the morning, I would wake up and he would be, like, in the kitchen making eggs. And I, like, one morning I, like, went and saw him making eggs. And then, like, I got into the shower and I got back out. And there were still eggs in the pot, like, boiling. And I was, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, how... How long are you boiling these eggs? This is a new batch. And he was like, I don't know, like 30 minutes. And I could hear his sister oh just laughing on the phone at him. Like, <laughs> who boils eggs for 30 minutes? So we all just like laughed at him. And then and then he realized that, you who know. Who is this? Uh, an old roommate that I had. Like some like fancy gay. Like you would think that he would know how long to boil eggs. But 30 <laughs> minutes, I just thinking about it still makes me nauseous. Maybe he was boiling like six eggs and he thought that six times five is like 30 minutes. He has to boil it. <laughs> So you're implying the gays are bad at math. Is this is this where we're going with this conversation? Or uh, rather, I mean, the math is right. It's just the, <laughs> the physics is fucked up. <laughs> and this is why we haven't had officially gay astronauts. Ask my opinion on everything. Like I, because your opinion is 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 shit. No, I'm uh, always right. Like always, mm, always. Okay, you guys ready to get into this? I guess. All right. Well, hey everybody, and welcome to May We Drink Again. I mean, May We Geek Again with Jen, Joe, and Shaheen. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. Hey guys. Hey. Um, so, uh, you guys gave us some feedback after our episode 12, where Shaheen and I were both mm, drinking and, and basically said, yeah, that was the best podcast you guys ever recorded. We love drunk Shaheen. Um, so this is our life now, guys, drunk podcasting. So, um, I am drinking, uh, a scotch, of course, uh, Balvenie double wood. Is it always beer. neat? Do you always drink neat? Always, always neat. Always neat. Because I'm hardcore. And uh, Shaheen, you're drinking a big old 40 of cider. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, it's some LeBrun organic cider from France. You're such a fucking hippie. God, what? Like, Jesus. What? Oh, my God. Wait, what's what's the alcohol content on it? Um, 4%. All right. And you said uh, it's the size of a wine bottle? Yeah. Okay. At 4%, you're going to have to double time that. Yeah. To meet like, like, to meet like regular alcohol standards, Shaheen. Uh, I didn't know you were going to bring some lightweight ass alcohol to this podcast. (laughs) Didn't know you were going to bring a knife to a gunfight, but whatevs. Um, So (laughs) it's very stabby. Uh, I actually had a World of Warcraft character named Ice Stabber. Um, Because everybody cares about how geeky that is. Cool story, bro. Um, so welcome everybody. Uh, today we're going to be talking themes. Um, we finished our seasons one, two, and three rewatch. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed those. And, um, today we're going to be diving into some of the overarching themes that we see across the seasons of the show. Um, you can find us on social media on Twitter at maybe, we get, ugh, Jesus, it's starting already. <laughs> maybe Jesus again. May may we drink again? May we geek again on Twitter and Facebook? Um, Shaheen, where can we find you? You can find me nowhere. 
Oh, um, did you get rid of your blog? Uh, no. Uh, you can find my blog on... Um, <laughs> Jesus. What's it called again? Freeloadingperspective.com. Free <laughs> .wordpress.com. Oh, .wordpress.com. Yeah, no, uh, I, uh, I write there uh, occasionally. Uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, look up my name on, on Facebook if you want to friend me. Um, yeah, okay. but we're not going to give we'll out your full happens. name here because we don't want to unleash the, the rabbit hounds it on you. It doesn't matter. There are like two, two, two Shaheens in all of, in all of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and soon he'll be on a registry anyway, and you'll be, be able to find him quite easily. Yeah. I don't and- even know what that means. I'm already on a registry, so. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that because it's Hello, like. Hello, NSA. He uh, actually, by, by that Shaheen means that he is registered for wedding gifts and baby showers <laughs> and graduations. I've never had any doubt that the, if the U.S. government wanted to round us up and take us somewhere, they could do that. They don't need any other information than they already have. So, Guy named Shaheen has beard. <laughs> That's their criteria. <laughs> Oh, okay. Mm. And then you can find my shit at uh, DeclareShenanigans.com. You don't even write, write anymore. I, I don't, don't have a beard w- anymore. Wait, That's what? Don't you- Sorry, we moved on from that. Um. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just we'll just have to build a wall around you, Shaheen, since I don't we don't know what anymore. type of brown you are. You know, you're Shaheen, just brown. You, you've just, like, given in to, to the bigots by getting rid of your beard. <laughs> like, and winter, winter election, is coming. Dude. Isn't your face going to be cold? I shaved it before the elections, so yeah. He was I don't know ready. what you're talking about. So, but wait. So then, like, but won't your face get cold in in those freezing Pittsburgh winters? Um, sure. Is okay. That like an okay. argument for having a beard. I mean, is it not? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have a beard. Like, I just think that it would probably help with being cold. I guess you could wear a scarf. Anyway, onward. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, Joe, who's the who's drinking anyway? Um, before we mm. before we uh, uh, dive into the content of the podcast and and you know unsubscribe right now from Beard Chat, um, <laughs> I want to wish all of our American listeners a happy Thanksgiving. That's coming up this week, and uh, those non-Americans of you listening, if you want to know what Thanksgiving is like, just uh, prepare a shitload of food, eat all of it, and then just lay on the floor hating yourself. But remember that you're going to go back for seconds, and there's yeah. always room for pie. Always. Oh, yeah. No, the pie has a separate stomach. Like, yeah, that's... there's... Yeah. It's well, a scientifically you have to go hungry fact. until like 4 p.m., and then start eating a shit ton of food. Well, there should be some nibbly nashis. That's what eat. I picked up today. Maybe like, some sh- charcuterie tray or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, went, yeah, I eat, bought all yeah. the cheese, all the crackers, dried fruit. <laughs> I got salmon pastrami. Which is basically what I do every day. So, like, Wait, what? for me, like for me, every day is Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, okay. I basically Shaheen is thankful all the time. Yeah, that's my that's like my schedule every day. It's like I, I just nibble on little snacks until like five PM and then I eat a shit ton of food and then I, I would pass die. Out. That's lather, rinse, repeat. Well, no, I wake up then and work till like late in the into the night 
I don't know why I'm telling you guys my life, but <laughs> the Sean, point it's feeling was like just... he's going to share a little bit. This is, this is sharing cider. <laughs> this is, I love this. Maybe he'll overshare a little bit. And oh. get, it'll be, it'll just get shoddy. really awkward. Um, so, so, so yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, enjoy your break. Enjoy, enjoy those awkward silences among friends and family because Thanksgiving this year will probably be a little bit contentious due to the political environment. So, um, have fun with that guys. (laughs) (sighs) So you guys got to keep my spirits up. Okay. Uh, Right, because I've been in a little bit of a depression lately. And my theme is talking about government and leadership. So, hey, (laughs) so, so fucking timely. Um, So here's just a quick rundown of of what each of us picked as our theme. So I'm going to be talking about political systems and leadership. Joe is going to be talking about um, subverting, how the show subverts your typical male and female character roles. Um, and then Shaheen wants to discuss causes of war and conflict in the three different societies that we meet in the hundred. So um, I'm looking forward to talking about this stuff with you guys and drinking. That's really, I, I mean, I'm, let's you, be honest. Yeah, you just want I, I like, could be, a reason to drink on a Sunday that like doesn't involve you being mm, at home completely alone. Oh my God, I was just about to say that, Joe. God, you know me so well. I know, we're just simpatico. <sighs> All right, so I'm I'm only a half I'm only a half dram in, so I'm not I'm like Simpatico I'm feeling warm. Simpatico? What? Huh? Simpatico or simpatico? Simpatico. Is there? Is my is my Latin accent terrible? I, I don't know. I was asking you which one is correct because I've heard both. Hmm. I don't. I had a teacher once that said mature, and I wanted to punch her in the throat. <laughs> Instead of mature? Yeah, right? Like, mature. I'm like, ugh. That was very mature of you. Sounds terrible. To punch her in the throat. Ugh. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Are you drinking? Oh, scotchy, scotch, scotch. Okay. And then I'm chasing it. I'm chasing it with a Mountain Dew, everybody. Oh, God. What is wrong with you? You don't get more high class than old Jen over here. (laughs) Oh, God. No wonder your stomach is rotting out. $60 $60 bottle of scotch chased with a 99 cent uh, uh, soft drink. Ugh. Oh, God damn, I love Mountain Dew so much, though. It's just not right. Um, all right, so how do you guys want to tackle this? You want to go in order, or does somebody want to go first? Because, you know, I think I I'll feel get like better. Your, your theme and my theme should be combined. Yeah, like you guys can... Um, not I, like combined, combined, but you know. We can just talk about the three different societies and uh, you can. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Plug in okay. your uh, government part of it. Well, actually, there's, to, to me, I've got, I've got like offshoots of each of these societies to talk about as well because like leadership kind of breaks out differently, like among the delinquents versus the archers. Um, so I guess that's a good way to kind of tackle it. So. Um, so guys, uh, listeners are going to be discussing kind of each society within, uh, the show and then breaking them down along the lines of, of, uh, political leadership or, uh, political systems and leadership and then war and the causes of conflict. So let, let's talk about the, let's talk about Sky Crew first then. 
um, Shaheen. So let me just go a little bit into their political system. So I guess uh, I guess you could um, characterize the the uh, the Sky Crew both up on the Ark and then when they when they're on uh, the ground and they um, institute the Exodus Charter that they are considered a republic or a democracy, um, and they've got an elected leader. It, it's a little bit unclear whether or not the council is elected or if the council is. Um, is appointed by the by the leader, so it, it seems a little bit like leaning towards an oligarchy because it's. I think that Jaha and then Pike, because we don't really see a council with Kane. I don't believe it seems like these are handpicked people to be in the inner circle. Well, I, I um, think that they're elected because um, there's a scene where Jaha says uh, after they uh, they remove Abby from the council mm-hmm. seat. Um, she should have been floated like six times and they <laughs> it, it, instead they just removed her from this from the council um then the, there was a scene where jaha said there's a seat there's a seat available until there's an election there's a oh, okay there's a seat for me to fill uh until Un- there's un- an election so oh, okay okay yeah. Look who watches the show far closer than I do. (laughs) Um, See, I got the impression because it just felt a little willy-nilly as far as Jaha just kind of um, put people. It it, you know, it to me it wasn't wasn't clear. Um, So we we do. Yeah, I mean, they they do tend to be from the same circle of people. I mean, that's kind of the point. It's like there's a circle. There's like a tight uh, circle of elite people who are yeah always. they always end up, there is supposedly there are elections, but the, it's always the same people end up ending up in those positions. Well, it, it um, almost feels which, like. again, relates back to our recent elections. Yeah. Like each station, though. Like it would make sense if each station put forth someone to be on the council. Yeah, but the council was only like six, six people. people. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that so doesn't make sense. But it would make, yeah, I mean, Joe, it would make it, sense it, if it they did. Sense. Yeah. If every council got to have, or every station got to have representation, yeah. Um, so, so here's what I find interesting that I think um, that I think kind of, you know, we're talking about a political system, but if you think about leadership as a completely separate thing, um, I think that there's um, there's a huge difference between good politicians and good leaders. And the show kind of illustrates that. Yeah. And, and yep. basically, the the people that I have in mind as bad politicians are Kane, Abby, and Clark. Um, I don't think they're very good politicians in the sense that that they they don't have the ability to speak to the people and appeal to them um, using the languages and themes that people would find appealing and want to vote for them. They they often assume positions of leadership. Um. You know, sometimes I think because there's really no other, there's no other um, option, especially when the Exodus Charter is enacted. Uh, Kane just kind of assumes that, or Kane, yeah, Kane assumes leadership. I don't know what the, um, I don't know if he's like the most senior person on the council or what. Like again, we're we're left to make assumptions about 
um, kind of the, the lines of, of succession here and, and how power transfers from one person to the next. But it's obvious, like, Kane and Abby are so fucking clueless, especially in season three when Pike snatches the chancellorship right out from under both of them. Um, they don't do a good job of, like, talking to the people. Like, it's just they're not good at it. And Clark realized that she needs Bellamy on her side, especially in season yeah. two, to be able to reach the people. And but Pike comes in there and he's charismatic and talks to a crowd and Appeals whether or not it's fear. logical or in anyone's best interest or tenable for a long term solution, that's irrelevant because people, yeah. you know, are scared and want somebody who says that they're gonna fix everything. Even though when you scratch beneath the surface, you're like, wait, this mmm mmm. Like, that's yeah. not, maybe not the best interest. And then, you know, we see how it turned out. And, you know, to be walled off and xenophobic didn't really, uh, it just made it much easier, I think, for um, Jaha to come in and get everyone to take the chip. Like, the fact yeah. that, the fact that like, was it Abby and Kane? Or, no, when Jaha went to go talk with Pike, um, and, you know, the, the whole thing was just Pike being like, this is not my problem. This this chip thing is I'm not interested in it, so I'm not even going to worry about it. And you're like, dude, yeah. no, that's that is your job. Like somebody's <laughs> coming in and trying to give like fucking, you know, cyberpunk communion wafers to your population and yeah. people are acting weird as fuck after like maybe you should pay a little bit more attention to that instead of trying to like poison water and take over villages. But yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Well, I I, I think I didn't poison water. No, he's Sorry. taking water samples yeah. for uh for Sorry, uh, trying to kill poison children. the lake near Arcadia. Uh, yes. What? Yeah, the grounders poisoned the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Another I detail I missed. Why do I even have a fucking podcast? <laughs> I, you I don't fire have a myself. podcast. We have allowed I you on our podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, this is, guys, listeners, this is how power works. <laughs> you start something and then people wrest power from you, even though you're the righteous one. <laughs> hmm. Um, mm, so I also, I just want to make a clarification that I am not, I, while I think Kane, Abby, and Clark are bad politicians, I'm not equating them as equal uh, quality, quality leaders. Um, you know, I think... I think Clark does have the ability to kind of rally the troops behind her because people believe in her. Like the scene in season two where she takes Emerson and, you know, sends him back to uh, Mount Weather. We have that excellent, you might be the chancellor, but I'm in charge scene between tension between her and her mother. She's got people, she's got Indra's and Octavia's backing. Um, and you know, it, it's something that just kind of just happens. She doesn't have to, you know, do any rallying or try to appeal to the people. Well, it's I just, mean, she has a good idea and they're going to back her on it. Well, so here's the thing. So you have the delinquents who went down on the ground and basically formed their own quote unquote government. Clark is in charge. Like that's, yeah. you know, undisputed. Um, you know, and, and Bellamy's her veep, but well, for, I mean, whatever you want to call it, General V, we, he's he's involved, but whatever. Clark is head honcho. And then, you know, when the rest of the arc comes down, they're like, cool. So, you know, our system of government is just, you know, going to be like that on the ground. I'm kind of just like, hey, adults, like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, that's not that's not how this works. And also, you guys are really bad at it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so let's let's talk about the delinquents really quick then. In I, I have in, a question about Abby and okay. Kane. Yeah. So you said my, that Abby and Kane are bad at communicating with people. Yes. Uh, does that mean that? Are you saying that they have some good arguments for their case, but they for their position, but uh, they're not good at communicating that to people so that if people knew those arguments, they would be on their side? Well, here's, here's how I view it. I think there's, I think, I think the, the issue with the two of them is, is twofold blind spot. The first one being the assumption that because they've been in power before, they will remain in power because the status quo is just going to be maintained by, by sky crew in upcoming elections. Um, the second thing is they, you're right, they're not good communicators. So season three, when, when Sky Crew becomes the 13th clan and Abby and Kane return to Arcadia, that is never communicated to them, to, right. to the rest of and Sky let's Crew. let's think about Nor, them, right? So, well, well, just a second. Uh, Nor were the benefits of joining the coalition. So it's one thing to say, okay, we've made an executive decision. We have joined uh, Lexus Coalition. We are now the 13th clan. Mm-hmm. Boom, you leave it at that. People are like, what the Why? fuck? <laughs> the grounders just blew up uh, Mount Weather with, you know, 50 or so, or 47 of our people in there. And now we're a lot, 49. you know, in an alliance with them. This makes no sense. But if Kane and Abby came back and said, look, the people who blew up Mount Weather, that was Ice Nation. They are basically declaring war on not only us, but also Lexa. Lexa is now backing us. Lexa is going to offer her her protection, offer us her protection. We are stronger together as part of her coalition um, than we are, you know, one-on-one versus Asgeta because they'll wipe us out. Um, that was, you know, uh, that was mm-hmm. never explained, and and that allowed Pike okay. and and um, and Hannah to make assumptions and play to the fears of the Arcadians that all, you know, all grounders are exactly like Asgeta. None of them are going to be different. They're, they all want us dead, so we have to preemptively strike. So that you know, it's there's there's a couple, you know, there's arrogance there in in, in Abby and Kane. And their reluctance to share their intelligence with people costs them dearly. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, the um, argument, everything that you said is true. Right? Of course it is. So um, there's Asgeta, which is one of the 12 clans, and it's declared war, not, a, not just on Sky People, but also on Lexa. And uh, Lexa has offered to... Um, has offered protection in exchange for us joining the coalition, right? Yeah. But it's also true that uh, Lexa is in a very um, vulnerable position. Uh, Her power is seriously questioned. And it's also true that joining this coalition means we're giving up our democracy and basically uh, handing our democracy over to this uh, theocracy or whatever it is. Yeah. Autocracy. Yeah, it's a theocracy. Um, so I feel like those last two points, those, that's the reason why Cain and Abby didn't talk to the people because they knew that people would say, wait a minute, so we're not a democracy anymore. Um, 
you know, and, and they didn't know what to say to that. Well, so this brings into or another... Or people would say, like, okay, so is Lexa, is she going to stay in power or is this Naya person going to take over? Uh, if, yeah. if she's taking over, then we don't want any part of this coalition, you know? Yeah. So, so. You, you bring up a good point, but there's also... So another thing that the show makes unclear is how the, the, the clans self-govern. Um, because you've got Asgeta that seems to be an aristocracy because you've got a queen and then once... Queen Naya dies, her son uh, assumes the, the throne or whatever. So King, you've got King Rowan now. Mm-hmm. So you've got this, this seemingly an aristocracy over here. And then we know that Indra is the leader of Tree Crew, but we have no clue how she is has risen to power. Is it, you know, is it an election? Is it a fight to the death? Is it uh, a familial lineage thing? Um, so... I, the the thing that the show makes unclear is how the clans self-govern within the coalition. Right. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that it might be a lot like the United States of America where the, the you know, each state has its own set of, of laws and its own government and works within the the larger structure of the United States and its governing rules um, and, and trade agreements and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't, it, it didn't seem like, well... You could make the argument that it didn't seem like Lexa would impose her power um, on everybody, but then there were moments where you're like, Lexa thinks that people will automatically follow her because she's Hedda. So th- there's a lot of th- there's a lot of these lines of, of leadership and government that are very unclear, and you have to make some assumptions. Joe, what were you, what were you going to add? Oh, it just let, like something similar of like you know each clan, you know, chooses. I mean, you know, unless unless Indra is actually a queen, but, you know, that each clan sort of has its own internal government that selects a leader that is also separate from an ambassador, I think. Like, I wonder who the ambassador of Tree Crew is. Um, Um, Yeah, exactly. And why did the ambassador of Tree Crew seemingly act autonomously from what we would assume would be Indra's wishes not to call Lexa's uh, power into question. Yeah, because Indra and Lexa are, you know, homies. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of plot holes that um, will probably never be There is no ambassador of Tree Crew. But why? Uh, No, there there is. No, no, if you look at the pictures carefully, I've looked at several pictures from different angles of of the throne room. Um, there are only 11 people there and they're associated with the 11, all the other 11 clans other than the tree crew. I've never, I've never seen 12 people in that room. Um, it's 12 people, including Lexa. So I'm assuming that whatever clan the, uh, Heda is from. They are their own ambassador? They're, yeah. They're okay. the, the, the ambassador of that clan. Oh, now I'm going to have to go as a pruder film this. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand that reference. This is the second time I've made this reference. God damn it! Now I have the second time I have to explain it to you. The the the, the, the Zapruder film is the filming of JFK's assassination, and it's been analyzed and dissected several thousand times to try to figure out what exactly happened on that day. And when you say you're going to Zapruder something, it means you're going to analyze it to death, especially when you're talking about a visual medium. The more you so. know. So in probably six months to a year, I will make that reference again. And, and I will still ask, again. what does that mean? 
Uh, all right. So let's. So um, since we're talking about uh, systems of government and power, let's let's move on then, um, Shaheen, to the Arkers and uh, the causes of of their conflicts with the other groups mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. So I thought that maybe we can uh, think of every society or characterize every society with their fears and with their dreams. And um, so in terms of uh, fears, uh, the the number one fear of the sky people is, of course, uh, extinction, um, basically running out of uh, resources. That's the, the their main worry is lack of resources. Yeah. Um, and every a lot of stuff in their society is, of course, structured around that, um, you know, around the idea of um, rationing. And every, a lot of the stuff has to be um, controlled centrally because of lack yeah. of resources. And just, and Shaheen, just a quick level setting for folks that are listening. Sometimes I, I forget this, but the Arkers assume they're the last of humanity. Right. So it's, we're talking about a species dying off. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure whatsoever. This <laughs> sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's why their dream is to return to earth and reestablish human civilization. Right. That's their number one. Um, that's what basically propels them forward. That's what gives them, um, motivation to yeah. to uh, push forward and continue living and surviving is that they're going to return to earth one day and reestablish human civilization doesn't yeah, it seem we- like just thinking about this just now like i mean i know it was convenient that they sent all of these delinquents down like that you know like let's clear out the under 18 prison or whatever um but that would also be kind of, I mean, and I know that they were running out of resources, but like, that's kind of a lot of people to be like, well, we might lose all of these children. Um, <laughs> but they were delinquents, though. They were the bad children. They weren't the ones that they wanted to breed. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, remember, like, there are plenty, plenty of good children like Bellamy who will produce better offspring who won't, you know, uh, uh, be traitors or live under the floor or... Uh, produce weed or whatever the fuck Jasper and, and uh, <laughs> Monty were doing. Monty. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Like, I still don't really understand why Clark got put on death row and not, like, like she I. She was a traitor. But what, like, I mean, I guess that, we're going to get into this next that's a high, that is a That is a high crime. Tra- uh, um, treason is a high crime. That's like higher than almost any crime, I think, other than murder. Probably higher than rape because but you know, how is women, that women aren't important. Well, it doesn't matter what crime because, it is. All crimes are capital crimes unless you're under yeah. 18. So. Um, hers was treason because I, I don't know the, the true definition of treason. It's probably what they, they pro- it's probably what they, they slated her as. Um, in order to not have people not ask questions. And then, of course, they had her in isolation so she couldn't communicate with anyone the reason why she was in jail. And then, of course, we all know that once she was up for review, she would have been floated. Because, again, that, that knowledge that, you know, that everything is, is going to shit on the ark, 
that's something that's in our head and they couldn't protect against. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming that like they, they gave her like the, one of the highest crimes. So they could, they, they had a justification for keeping her in isolation in the skybox. Some fucked up shit. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, um, to Shaheen's point about the resources kind of define like the, the, preservation of resources and the availability of resources kind of being the defining factor of getting each generation onto the next generation so they can eventually get down to earth. I mean, when you're that resource constrained and we're talking about, you know, uh, juvenile delinquents, you can make a case, not necessarily a very moral or ethical one (laughs) that, that you are eliminating the least desirable members of society. Now, disclaimer, I do not advocate this. I am saying you could make an argument. I think it's immoral and I think it's unethical and I think it's horrible, but you could make a case for it if you're um, in a situation that that Sky Crew is in up on the arc. So what you're Um, saying is it's okay to kill children. That's what you're saying, Jen. Like, Jen is okay with killing children. God damn it, well, Joe! It's not unethical from a utilitarian perspective. Okay, I was about to say utilitarianism, um, <laughs> but I didn't know if it was correct. So thank you. That's my philosophy minor coming into into play here. But even I was like, oh, is that utilitarianism? I guess it doesn't take into account ethical and moral uh, moral things like that. Just the greatest good for the greatest number. Wait, well, then, or is that I socialism? Mean, that is, Why would doesn't take into account ethical things. That's that that's an ethical judgment. But I, but still, I mean, it should horrify us to even consider killing off um, juvenile delinquents. Well, um, the, the fact that of... something horrifies you is not an argument. <laughs> oh, here we go, guys! Burn. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> you are conditioned to be horrified by that. But if if it's the right thing to do, then it's the right thing to do. Like how in olden days, uh, you know, children born with defects or whatever would just be left in the forest. Left in in the woods. Well, I don't know if you can make an argument that that's necessary, but. I mean, if life is hard and your kid, you know, is. Well, we'll never have equal standing in society. Yeah. Huh. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Um, well, we we might be getting back to those olden days. You never know. You never know. Uh, yeah. <sighs> all right, got to keep the spirits up, guys. Keep the spirits up. Which so, means so you're drinking more. Drinking more spirits. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I'm out of sight. I'm definitely gonna kill off this bottle. What'd you say? I'm out. All right, do you have more? Nope. Do you have wine? Nope. What? You have done Jesus a terrible Christ. job of getting drunk today, Shaheen. Uh, this is as drunk as I'm going to get, so deal with it. <clears throat> okay. Well, you better start, you better start giggling soon because that's, that's when we know you're, that's, that's again. the money shot <laughs> when you're toasty. That's what everybody seems to like, uh, Shaheen giggling. <laughs> so just basically miming the same human emotions and actions that other people have naturally, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So we've talked about the so, delinquents in the Ark. Mm, have we not? We have not really talked about the delinquents. I want to I go back to... So, so the I delinquents just are different. To, sorry, I, I just, let me just finish by saying that uh, I think this 
these the fears and the dreams are uh, seem to be the ma- main cause of conflict within uh, the Arkar society. Um, lack of resources obviously is, is one of the causes of conflict and population control, resource management and all of that. Um, and uh, like you can see an example of that with Diana, right? Who is trying to take another faction down with her to the earth. So that ties, ties it up with the dream that defines the society of returning to earth. Mm-hmm. So that's why they fight each other. It's because of their fears and, the, and their dreams. Well, so are you making a distinction though between archers and delinquents and then sky crew? Like, are we, are we going to discuss them as sort of like three separate entities? Well, so I think the delinquents are a separate entity because obviously their, their system of government is different. But yeah, you're right, Joe. And I was about to ask you this as well, Shaheen. There's, there are different concerns, hopes, different concerns, fears, and dreams for Arkers up in space versus Sky Crew on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, because Sky Crew on the ground, I mean, they're, uh, I think Sky Crew's, um, so like Sky Crew's first uh, order of, um, whatchamacallit business order of business business i'm doing well first order of business is survival obviously uh because they've got to live i was about to say survive that was going to be redundant but once they once they kind of establish uh, a foothold on the ground and get things kind of up and running at that point survival isn't necessarily their their only concern it's sustainability as well um, because they have to, they have to set up, you know, you, you've got this kind of, they use this term in business back in the, uh, dot com days. And I don't know if it's still used with startups is, is, uh, basically the process of be, of starting a business is storming, norming, and performing. There's three stages. So when they first hit the ground, you're in a storming stage. You're trying to organize everything. There's a lot of, uh, innovation. There's a lot of creativity there. And a lot of this, of course, I'm referring to business. Um, but there's nothing really organized. There's just a lot of shit going on that's trying to get to the norming phase. And the norming phase is where things start settling into a groove. You've got processes created. You've got structure in place. You've got a hierarchy. Um, so, so you have a sustainable uh, organization or a sustainable society. So you go from chaos and some of the, the good and bad stuff that chaos can produce into uh, a norming phase. And then performing, obviously, is when a society or a business begins to pay dividends. It, it begins to show progress. It begins to grow, have prosperity. And to me, when you first hit the ground, you're in the storming phase. Both the archers and the delinquents are in the storming phase. The, the delinquents never reach the, the norming phase because they are constantly in chaos due to external forces. Um, at least, I, th- I believe the, when, we, when we see Sky Crew in season three, they've got, um, you know, they're pulling resources out of Mount Weather. They've got um, everything kind of set up on the ground. You know, everybody's got a bed. Everybody, you know, you've got a med med bay all created. They're in the the norming phase of things. So I think like you got to treat both Sky Crew differently based on where their location is because there's there's different concerns there. 
Um, and I think we need to talk about the delinquents as a separate group of people at this point. Okay. Um, so let me talk really quick about their, their system of, uh, their political system and their leadership. So, um, I, I was looking this up online, Wikipedia, because, you know, everything Wikipedia says is true, but the delinquents, when I looked at them and tried to kind of fit them into a, a political system, it's really, uh, they, they move from an anarchy, the whatever the hell we want, um, type of thing. Which turns out doesn't the, work very well. Doesn't work very well. All the kids think it's the rage, you know, and they start wearing black and listening to punk bands. Don't forget, but guess don't what? forget their nail polish. You grow the fuck up and you have to get a job and pay bills. <laughs> right? So so they, they, they're they're in an anarchy, but then Well remember we talked about this a little bit uh early on when we when we were talking about season one. Um this is basically the, what's called the state of nature, right? Where there's no government yeah. and everyone is every man on their own. So uh, this is what Thomas Hobbes called the state of nature. Uh, it's a classic argument for the existence of government that um, imagine if there was no government, uh, you would have more freedoms, of course, whatever yeah. the hell you want. But uh, life would, would have been um, brutish, short, Poor, brutish, short, I don't remember, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, um, uh, nasty, brutish, and nasty, short. Nasty, brutish, short. There's, uh, it's actually Look more. Look at you, like, Joe. Says, yeah, I took one, one part of my core in philosophy, just one. So we wanted, to, we wanted to continue the conversation, but this time talk about the delinquents, because I think um, their, uh, their system of government is is far different obviously we talked about they're kind of an anarchy but then they then they change into uh what wikipedia terms a banned society and it, it took me a while to kind of find and understand or find this uh, based on our understanding of, of what the delinquents are and it's not necessarily like it doesn't necessarily like fit them to a t but it's the best i could find so um, a band society, and I've never heard this before, so I'll explain it to y'all. A band society is, is um, ruled by a government based on a small uh, unit, with usually family, but obviously in the delinquents case, it's different. Um, and it has a semi-formal hierarchy um, with the strongest, either either uh, physical strength or strength of character as the leader. So it's very much like uh, kind of a pack that you see in, in other animals, such as wolves. Um so this this to, heavily gets into the uh, you know alpha omega wolf uh, fanfic that exists um, you know so neat awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so quick aside, I don't understand that shit at all. No, Dude, I don't get it. This either. alpha and omega thing, omega I don't get thing, it. like like is am I wrong? But do the women have penises? Like I don't. Yeah, I I don't. I find it all very difficult thoughts. to masturbate to. <laughs> Wait, what? Is, what is the confusion again? Oh my god! Um, so like, there's like a separate like subgenre of fan fiction that like, they're it's like based on like wolf dynamics or something oh. and like mating and like somebody is the alpha and like, like Shaheen, it's like pack it's so rules. weird. It's super weird. How's your fan fiction coming along, by the way? No, 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 no. Wait, we've got to go back to the women have dicks in this. No, no, that's a separate, that's a separate, that's G apostrophe, or exclamation point P. 
Like that's a you separate... have way you know way too much about these weird subgenres of fanfic. I because I I I so like I started reading one that was this alpha and omega stuff and, and like the whoever was the alpha I think did have a dick and it was a female it was either okay. Lexa or somebody else or Lexa or Clark and I'm like oh, wait a minute I don't th- I don't understand what's going on here um and then like they like the omega had to like, was like the breeding class I I was just like. Yeah, right. no, you immediately there's just level the fuck out of those fics. Where you're yeah, just like, there's a level not my of fetish. weird. Not my fetish. Yeah, not my fetish. There's a level of weird that I just cannot understand. Um, so I, I was just like, eh, fanfic, not for me, click. Um, so yeah, Shaheen, how's your uh, candle, candle fanfic coming? It's not coming, guys. I'm not writing it anymore. Well, if it's not coming, then we can't come. Am I right, guys? Oh, Jesus. Smart high five. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's get back to band society. I completely regret talking about Alpha and Omega now. (laughs) Okay, so you were saying you don't understand that? The definition of band society? No, I... uh... Wow, we just glossed over that quick. Um, no, I, I I wasn't familiar with the term before, but now after I I read Wikipedia, I'm obviously an expert. Oh well, duh. that and I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so you know. So um, so that so that's kind of the category I'm putting the delinquents into. Um, and obviously the delinquents like never reach a higher form of society. I'm not trying to cast disparagement on banned societies, guys. So don't. Like, you ban society government folks. Don't be like, what are you hating on us, you fucking elite? Um, I'm just saying that they're never able to move on to something, to evolve into something else, because they are constantly under pressure. There's constantly kind of chaos going on around them, and they're just, like, trying to get from day to day to day. Um, obviously, that society breaks up, and they're uh, re- um, reabsorbed back into the sky crew society and we see in season two that doesn't work very well like i think joe you brought this up in in some earlier conversations about how like the adults just don't trust or respect the the delinquents and their experience that they've 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 had in the ground um and they're just like well we're in charge now because we're here and the, the kids are like no you guys are lame you're not on fleek like we are. <laughs> oh, you are the embodiment of that gif of God. What hey is his name? Hey, fellow kids. Hey, fellow kids. Yeah, um, Steve Buscemi trying to be a teenager. Um, yeah, no, I. But but that's the thing. Like, I don't even think it was much resistance from the delinquents. Like, I think that they just kind of fell back into their old roles with um, with the exception of Clark being like, you might be the chancellor, but I'm in charge. Um, I think that Clark... Yeah, but no, I, I would argue, though, that Bellamy um, kind of... Bellamy, Octavia, and Raven, and Clark, they, they always, when they're told, oh, don't go after your friends in Mount Weather, they're like, mm, fuck all y'all. We're not going to listen to you guys. We're not going to stay within your, uh, within your defined set of power. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and like, like I think Bellamy rebels against that. Obviously, um, in like the earlier parts of of season two, when they they like discover that Raven and Murphy are still alive in the dropship, don't they? Don't they put Bellamy in like handcuffs to take him back to uh, 
to Arcadia. Am I remembering this incorrectly, guys? Let's go to Shaheen. He has a uh, photographic <laughs> memory of this shit. Sorry, what is the question again? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, dude? Are you, why are you not paying attention? No, no. Did they handcuff Bellamy and take him back to the dropship? No, did they did they handcuff Bellamy and take him back to Arcadia? Like, remember when they rescued Raven? Oh, yeah, they and arrested Ruffy? everyone. Yeah, they arrested everybody. When and is I feel this? Like was- what are you talking about? What season is this? What what episode? <laughs> it's like at some point when people get down from the Ark, and I want to say it was Bellamy. Someone else, and maybe Finn, that they no, arrested. No, it was. Look, they uh, they the Ark came down. They found Bellamy and Finn, and they found Murphy and uh, Raven. They didn't arrest anybody, but then they started fighting. Bellamy and Murphy started fighting. So. Oh, that's when they. Okay, that's when they put them in handcuffs. Never mind, everybody. Just erase the last five minutes of what I said. JK. That's why they um, arrested them. Yeah. All right. So. Let us move on. We're we're still talking about leadership and and war. So let's move on. We need to quickly we need to quickly cover these guys because I want to get to Joe's um to Joe's theme as well. So let's start talking about Polis and their system of government, which um the closest that we could come up with or that I could come up with is it's it's a theocracy. Um and, and even though the, the commander is never referred to as a god, um or a representative of God, which is kind of like, you know, kind of typifies a, a theocracy. The grounders' belief system is centered around the, the sacred symbol, and it's uh, it's centered around the flame and the night bloods. So the commander is chosen uh, via combat to the death, and the irony of this whole system of belief is that it seems religious, but it's based solely on technology that is only compatible with certain hosts. Um, it's kind of like the farthest thing from a traditional theistic religion as one can get because because it's it's all revolving around technology and the advancement of our our knowledge. Uh, you know, the advancement of our knowledge kind of continually takes takes place and replaces traditional religious dogma that is you know thousands of years old. Um, so I think it's it's a pretty interesting um, system of government. But it's also very flawed, as, as Clark points out in season three, when basically we learn that the conclave chooses commander through through combat by death. So you've got this group, the only uh, the only viable group of people who can become commander and lead the the rest of the coalition or whomever. Uh, it, it's a small group of people, and they kill each other off. Yeah. To yeah. come up with one person, like which what? Is like, like what the, okay, what, the, so what? What would happen? Like hypothetically, so you so you have somebody that gets selected as commander. Yeah, that commander dies in two weeks. Like, wouldn't you want to keep around? Oops. Like, maybe the backups. Like, maybe it didn't have to be a fight to the death. Maybe it had to be like a fight until someone yielded. Like, like a like a like a thumb war. Like something. Like, I mean, you can like have combat, but maybe not. You know slit someone's throat at the end of it because it seems like like what if what happens when there is no one to be in power well i guess we're gonna find out in season four 
I guess um, so. so. I, I, I wanted to bring that up. Is is there's we only know of one viable Nightblood of age that could take that position, and she's already turned it down twice now. You know, once when she fled the Conclave, and 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 two when uh, Clark tried to force it on her. Right, but rather but that's so. What would happen in our society if uh, the president and the vice president were both assassinated? Uh, there's a third line of succession. Like there's a crazy long there's line a of huge, succession. There's a huge line of su- su- succession. So there's actually, um, and there's a show on this now, there's a designated survivor so that whenever there's a huge gathering of all the government leadership, of all the government leadership within the United States, One and there's person a line get to go. Well, there's a couple people apparently. So there's like, are you done clearing your throat, Shaheen? Do not mute yourself. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, so, so there's there's like this long chain of succession within the U.S. government, um, and then the, the designated survivors, the, the the couple folks, they're taken off site and protected in case uh, of a catastrophic event like a terrorist attack, which is the premise of the show on ABC called Designated Survivor, um, which by the way isn't that good, um, but. So that's what would happen, Shaheen, is like you've got uh-huh. all, okay. all these so people So we already have that figured out. So maybe they have some rules about that. Maybe the uh, flamekeeper will be the commander well, until it, there's a commander or something. Well, uh, we don't know. Because um, remember that Murphy um, Murphy covered the, the death of Titus by, by telling everybody that he had gone off with other people to search for new Nightbloods for the next Conclave wave. Um, right. So I'm assuming that... Uh, see, but there was, yeah, there was a, a Nightblood. I'm saying maybe like if there's no Nightblood of age at the moment, maybe yeah. there's like a, a, a rule that says the, the Flamekeeper will be in charge or, or something. Well, the, the other thing, the other thing, guys, though, that we also don't know is that prior to the um, coalition, what the fuck was the Hedda in charge of? Right? Like, was it just uh, like like the head Walmart greeter? Uh, like, what what did the commander do all day? It's like, <laughs> like, because yeah, what's what's the point if? Or maybe like the coalition is something like a little bit stronger, but maybe Hedda's responsibility was to like help negotiate and facilitate like trade and whatever. Um, but no, you know. it, it, it's, it seemed like there wasn't a coalition until Lexa came into power. No, I mean, I'm not saying that, a, that, a, that a united coalition, you can still have oh, like, yeah. Kind of like trying to resolve disputes between, between, uh, clans and shit like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we didn't know. So like, what were the responsibilities? I mean, they could have just been sitting on a throne, twiddling their thumbs, thinking about, you know, What's on? What's to watch on TV tonight? Yeah, because it doesn't really seem that religious, except for like the Ascension Day and like the sort of reverence that they get. But it's not like the Pope who has to like lead everyone in prayer like eighteen yeah. times a day. You know? Yeah, like- exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's about as non-religious of a theocracy as you can get. I mean, it's just it's based on a system of belief that, ironically, is based on a piece of technology. Um, so I think it's it's kind of funny. Um, in that respect. So let's talk, um, let's talk about the reasons for conflict among these people, Shaheen. Um, okay. So 
Yeah, I was, again, in terms of fears and dreams, I was thinking that, uh, well, grounders' fears are basically because they have no uh, protection against what we can call the basic libertarian rights, right? The, the right to life, freedom, and property, because uh -huh. anyone can come and take their, their shit or, or kill them. Um, so that's typically what they're afraid of just other people coming and taking their shit or killing Ganking them. their shit. Is that, yeah. is that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know what their dreams are. What do you think the grounders, what do they define themselves by in terms of their dreams? And like, I, I was thinking like the strength, like, I, I don't know. Is it like, what is it? That's a good question. I like maybe maybe with Ice Nation, that's that's like something they want to be like the best warriors and they want to be in power. But like, what does Tree Crew want? You know, like, yeah. I, I think maybe in season four, when we when we meet some new clans like the the um, glowing forest clans, we might meet some. We might find out what some of their their motivations are like maybe the maybe the going forest clan all they want to do is, is sit around and smoke pot all day <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that but like i mean Alexa yeah. sort of gave a speech about you I know mean, like it, it's the right environment for that because <laughs> there's the pretty, growing forest that shit is <laughs> that shit is pretty trippy <laughs> i mean but like but, like, Lexa gave her speech about, you know, wanting the, you know, people's children to, like, grow up without, you know, in prosperity and stuff like that, which I think is, you know, somewhat universal. But, like, what does that mean? Like, at what point do you say that my prosperity is valued over your prosperity? Like, at what point, like, because I wonder, apart from Asgeta, it doesn't really seem like the other clans are very um, power hungry. At yeah, least they don't seem very ambitious. Yeah, or they and, haven't been presented as such. Yeah, you're right, right, exactly. And so, like, it's what like, the fuck do these? Like, what the fuck do they do all day? Uh, just make it, just weaving baskets. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but like, and is Asgeta's aggression because of someone in the leadership wants power, or are their resources so scarce that they need to like move south? And at that point, it's like not my fault you live up there, you know? Um, yeah, it's like move to a better. Yeah, it's like the same people who say, hey. People in New Orleans or Houston, uh, if you don't like hurricanes, move somewhere where they don't have those. And I'm like, fuck you. I mean, at least every once in a while, you kind of get a little excitement going on. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I know. Wait till next year. I'm sure one will hit us. Yay. Yay. I'll yeah, be podcasting so why from do, my bathroom. Why do you think the grounders fight? I mean, they have some problem with some resource problems it's it's not a very um I think it's it's kind of a very lazy abundant, abundant environment uh yeah i they, mean they have i don't it, I mean, it looks it like like there is it's food is hard to find i mean if you remember in season one when they come down they're like for a while they're like we haven't seen any animals right clark is like why do you think we haven't seen any animals maybe there aren't any uh, so it looks like radiation made made it hard for most species to um, to survive. So there's like, it's well, not, there's not a lot I, of food. I mean, but, I could I could understand that argument, except for the fact that the 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 delinquents are terrible forest walkers. So it's entirely possible that there are tons of animals, but they are fucking loud and scaring them off. Uh huh. 
Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, apparently a lot of them didn't learn a lot from Pike's Erskill's class. Like, I think about... if there is one deer, there are many deer. Deer are like cockroaches, you know? So <laughs> them seeing, like, one deer or one boar, if they ex- if they survive the apocalypse, well, they've had a hundred years to repopulate. Like, there's a goddamn gorilla still, which makes no fucking sense. Sure, but they, <laughs> they could still be rare. They could be, like, you know, not not enough of them. So you're saying that, like, even Tree Crew is, like, agrarian? Like, that they are growing that, crops I'm saying things? that food is, uh, they're, they're, they're not going hungry, but it's not, they, not they also bounty. don't have, like, yeah, they don't have an abundance of food either. Well, but um, see, though, that that's, like, never made apparent at, at, at any point in time, except in regards to the delinquents. And the only reason that... Arcadia would be uh, at risk in season three is because of that blockade and cutting them off from resources. So I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to assume that there's plenty out there to catch fish, shoot whatever. Um, uh, that might come into play a little bit more in season four, uh, as far as shit being killed off by nuclear radiation or whatever. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like the the world closing in on everybody in season four, and it's going to put a lot of. I think we're going to see like kind of a return to the, uh, like I think it would be interesting if we kind of saw the return to what what we what you spoke about earlier, Shaheen, is the arc environment where resources and sustainability and extinction were their most important. Uh, mm-hmm. concerns and reason for their conflict. So I, I think like right, there, to me there's nothing to indicate other than ineptitude that there's not enough animals to eat because animals are tasty um, and shit to I don't know, I mean uh, since since the, the delinquents landed since season one, we've been shown this environment, we've been made to think that this environment is pretty harsh, right? But then we like, saw Polis in season three, and it was just like a fucking bustling marketplace, like full of yeah. Like, it's like I mean, your even bit. Polis is is I mean, it's just the ruins of a previous town, and it's yeah, not but, even that big, and it's not even yeah. But I mean, there's still selling, like there's still there's there's still vendors. I mean, there's there's mice. commerce. Yeah, but mice might be tasty in that. That so year. they've I mean, resorted to eating vintage. mice, in other words. That, that's just the I sign. I mean, they don't in South America. Try it, dude. I like, mean, yeah. They reproduce quickly and don't eat a lot. Like, it's... C- Cajuns eat, no, eat, Cajuns okay. eat Nutria, which is Whatever. just large. Wait, what's I think that? that? Wait, wait, wait. I what's think that, we're meant Jen? to think that. Wait, you don't know what Nutria is? No. Oh, my gosh. How do you live this close to Louisiana and not know what Nutria is? Nutria is basically a large rat. And it's it, it can be eaten, and it is eaten in Louisiana. I'm sure there's people on the bayou right now trapping or whatever you do to catch nutria, no, putting in a pot, and making a gumbo. Anything, but, like uh, capybara. In this- oh my god, capybara are cute. Nutria aren't. Guys, do not eat capybaras. They're cute. Nutria are not cute. That's how we determine what we eat. Although cows are kind of cute. If well, I'm being honest, baby cows are cute. Adult cows not as cute. Have you ever seen an adult cow, like, playing? They're really cute. Okay, are you going to give up eating beef? Hell no. Okay. Burgers are tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Not cute anymore when you're ground up into a patty. Oh, this is true. 
So sorry, Sean. So, what were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? Uh, I was just saying that I think we're meant to to think that their environment is harsh and uh, it's not a severe lack of resources, but it's uh, it's not an abundance. Okay. It's not I an mean, abundant environment either. And, I mean, they're um, not. They don't have the convenience to go to the Piggly Wiggly and pick up like two pounds of ground beef. Oh, I would I not mean, buy ground beef at a fucking Piggly Wiggly. But how does that come about? <laughs> that comes about if you had enough of it and you had enough stability, then you could you can uh, build a store and I sell think, a bunch of meat. I right? think it was so, kind of lazy writing in some ways because again, this gets back to the one of the criticisms of the show in that they present uh-huh. sort of Lincoln as the noble savage, which would sort of make the rest of the grounders as you know this this savage group of people where. Maybe they aren't, um, you know, th- our assumption is that they're very violent and everything. And yes, we are shown that they are violent, but at the same time, it's also shown that they have the wherewithal to form a system of government and to have, you know, marketplaces at, you know, at, you know, in Polis where people, you know, bring carts of fish and whatnot. And Nyla has a trading post. And so, you know, I, I do they have currency? Like these are my questions. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of things that that we don't yeah. know uh, so, about them. So that being said, I agree with I agree with you guys that um, there there's enough food and everything to survive. So their main reason for conflict among grounders, what do you think it is? I I have it as lack of education and civil society institutions. So they have no official. So when there's conflict between two two parties there's no official uh channel for conflict resolution so they have to just they can't lodge a formal complaint with their city council yeah uh, there's no structure i think i think i think the grounders like they're presented as being warriors um you know the concept of of being a fighting society and you've got seconds Again, I'm speaking. I'm, I'm speaking from like the context of really only knowing about Tree Crew and and um, and Asgeta. Um, I, I think that in a warrior society, strength and power is something that's always and the display of it and is always going to somehow naturally create conflict because you always want to be top dog. You always want to be the strongest. And the only way to be the, the strongest is to conquer somebody else or to show somebody up. So again, you know, that the, like, so violence... Go, it goes back, it goes back to their dreams. Yeah. Not I, their fears. I mean, it's just like, and then you've got, but, but then you've got like the obvious, um, the obvious outliers of that, like Luna. I mean, she is completely, really, completely rejected the concept of in order to show power, you have to hurt or kill somebody else and created her own little society off on her oil her band rig. of misfit rejects on an oil rig. Yeah. Her band of misfit children and broken toys where she's teaching them, Oh, here's how you fish and let's all do uh, slam poetry. How do they get fresh water? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I guess maybe the uh, the the folks, their little um, mermen that they have with the boat, can go back to land. Um, and you would assume that maybe they have tanks. They probably have reclamation tanks as well for for uh, rain and stuff. 
Um, which is why I think they're they're probably going to be one of the first um, people that are that are in danger in season four, depending on how far away they are. Like there again, no concept of like distance between any of these people. Like like if Asgard is supposed to be near Ontario, Canada, like that's fucking far away from Virginia. Like you well, can't just go. Octavia take said a it, it stretches for a thousand miles. But but in two days they're like in Polis. I I don't get it. Show people who make the show. It's confusing to me. Even sober. So <laughs> let me make that. All right. So let's talk quickly. We have to move in, move on. We have to talk quickly about the Mountain Men. Let's talk about their their um, political system. So so Mount Weather is supposed to be a a um, a safe haven for members of, of the established U.S. government to retreat to. It's supposed to be a place where the system of the U.S. government can be preserved and there's, you know, there's a backup plan, basically. Like, uh, you know, he, here's the person who would be in power if this is the only person still alive. What What is really confusing to me is that this is what Mount Weather is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the continuation of the U.S. government in case of a horrible, horrible event. So um, how, how did many we of get this... to inherited Yeah, how did we positions? get to inherited positions? It seems like it's an, an autocracy, an aristocracy, because it, it, it seems to be assumed that once Dante dies, Cage is going to take his place. Right. There and doesn't w- seem to be any system of democracy here. How, well, we don't what the know, fuck happened? We don't know that. Uh, I mean, it might just be that they keep getting elected. They just... Every but so every how- Wallace every Wallace that runs they just get automatically get elected. It's just like every Kennedy who's <laughs> has ever run. The the Wallaces are the new Kennedys. Yeah, that's a depressing thought. Um, or the new Bush, <laughs> the new Bushes. It just yeah. So, but but what? But 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 the thing is, like, we don't see the transition of power in in an election. Once Dante removes, or once Cage removes Dante from power. Cage is in power. Sure, he might have been like second in command or something. Yeah. He's like the vice president. It yeah. just, it's unclear. And doesn't like Dante wear, like on his jacket, doesn't it have like the presidential seal on it? Right. It just, to me, it comes across as an air. it comes across as an autocracy, okay? Where one, you know, it, it, where one person is basically in power. Um, and they kind of assume control of everything. But like if so, it's if it's hereditary, like let's let's say that it's hereditary because it does because why would you bother making Cage his, Wallace or Dante's son if uh-huh. if like like why would you why would the detail need to be that that Cage is Dante's son if it's not a hereditary power thing like why does it matter? Well, I think I think it matters because for several reasons I think it 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 shows the the dichotomy i'm using big words here for being like three drams and a scotch so people appreciate <laughs> this moment the di- the dichotomy between the father and the son and their different viewpoints and their different uh kind of ethical systems um especially since you're assuming that dante would have done his best to pass on his values to cage but obviously cage's uh set of circumstances inform his his new worldview and his new viewpoint as far as how far should you go to reach your dream of being back on the surface of the earth. 
Um, the other thing is, obviously, it's just a, it's a, it's a plot device to set up that confrontation at the end and that decision at the end, where you know Clark tells Cage, "Set my people free," or "I'm gonna kill um, your dad," or, or "I'm gonna kill your dad." And Cage is and and Dante's like, "Yo, don't do it. You need to be strong." Um, where it's kind of that moment of reckoning where Dante and Cage are kind of on the same page at the end. Um, I find there, I, find, I I really would have to go back and watch season two and just be like, okay, Jen, you're just going to concentrate on this dynamic between these two and really see how it evolves and how they diverge in their viewpoints and their belief system and then come back together at the end to confront Clark. But I, I, I think it adds just a lot more, um, a lot more dynamic, um, uh, interaction and a lot more emotion to the two of them. But again, it, it brings into question though, what is their system of power? What is their, their succession plan? Cause, so cause I K- guess we could, well, cause, uh, you know, to go with that cage is never mentioned. Like, I mean, maybe we just don't find out about it, but like we found out that Emerson has a wife and kids or whatever, or a kid. Yeah. And so, you know, if it goes hereditary two. wise, we know nothing about cages family, in which case does he have an heir? Um, these are, yeah, these that's are a good. Questions. That's a good question. We never see him with a. We never see him with a woman. So let's just assume he's gay. Or okay, I mean, then did he adopt? <laughs> like, here's another question. Okay, where do the gay couples on the art get their kids? And why couldn't Octavia had like? Why don't they just have a pool of bastard children for the gays to pick from? It's about resources. It's about numbers. And why? Oh, and so why gay. Do so gay, gay parents don't get to have a kid? kids. Well, that's how God intended it. Oh. <laughs> no, okay, that makes more sense. I could barely get that out without cracking myself up. Disclaimer, folks, I don't really believe that. I love the gays. I'm related to one. The um, gays. The gays. The gays. The gays. <laughs> really, guys, I am an enlightened individual. I really am. But uh, sometimes you like, have lots of, I get You have get- lots of gay friends. Well, I have I have a shit ton of gay friends. Not that I made them on my own. I I, I met them all through my brother. Um, but anywho, no, like when I get together with my friends, who I've got like a kaleidoscope of friends, um, I say the most. I love this things. fucking like bougie humble brag that you're doing. I have I gay my, friends with many different ethnicities. Well, all, my, all my black and Asian friends, I just love to say horribly racist things to them because I can. Are you sure? About um, that? They laugh and then secretly. <laughs> Is it nervous laughter? About, and like- uh, about the like part or about the can part? <laughs> Which part are you not sure about? <laughs> I will ask them when I go to Friendsgiving. All right. Um, so, anyway, what are we fucking talking about? We're talking about gays and Mount Weather. Like, look, in post Trump America, I'm sure there are no gays left in America. So, we don't even have to consider this. That's fair. That, no, that's 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 fair. So that's so in the future, so they that's new, like Clark yeah. and Lexa are the are are the and I guess I guess um, Miller and and yeah, you know, I mean, or whatever. in the next couple of years, we're just gonna electrocute the gay out of everybody. So I mean, so that, these guys that are anomalies, is what you're saying? Fixed. Exactly. They're just they're just like biological defects, basically. That's fair. I mean, that's 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 how I feel when I look at that. That'll be taken. Every day. That'll be but taken. How do you? Let's say we want to do that, Joe. How okay. do you implement that? Like, you tell people, okay, you can't have, <laughs> what are we doing? 
can't have two kids. There's a one-child policy. But if you have two kids, then we'll give them to gays. And yeah, it's just how do you well, do that? How do you okay. implement that? So you'd you'd have to assume though that that the gay population is like ten percent. Is that what it's supposed to be, Joe? Uh, sure. sure. Being the resident gay expert. Being the resident sure. gay, sure. Haven't you, haven't, like, I, I would think that you would have taken your gay course by now and have learned this course material. There's a course? Isn't there? How else do you learn how to be gay? <laughs> how to gay. It's actually what I type into Google. How do I gay? How do I gay series? That's actually how I got to that weird fanfic area. Like, I did not learn a thing. It got really weird on some first dates. There's Rosetta Stone and there's how to gay series. (laughs) The TED Talk series, I highly recommend it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, like, but I mean, like, I feel like that's a legitimate question because if this is such this enlightened society where women are allowed to be leaders and it's not questioned and nobody gets nasty and makes sexist comments or anything like that. Well, then one would also assume that, you know, again, it's not a big fucking deal that there are gays. How do you handle gays that want to start a family on the ark or, or, you know, I mean, Mount weather, like whatever it is, like, how do you deal with that? It's just, there's, there's no child to adopt. Sorry. 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 You don't get to do that. So it's just, yeah. I mean, is there maybe like a surrogacy a program or? I mean, because like I w- you couldn't say like we're gonna allow some violations of the one-child policy, so that we can okay, have so-, a, so that we can have a pool of orphans, like that. Just I don't know. All right. Like why maybe, didn't that, maybe, why didn't maybe some there's gays- a way to do it that I'm not thinking. Why that didn't I, some that's gays not occurring to me right now? Adopt Murphy, you know, or Raven, like. Yeah, I mean, Murphy would have turned out so differently if some gays had adopted. Yeah, maybe you can say, like, if you want to have another child, you have to let your child be adopted by... By the gays. Although, if you think about it, Murphy's sense of snark is very gay. That's that's a stereotype, Jen. You're not helping the movement. Oh, no. Well, gay men. Okay, let's just assume he was adopted by gay men. Because every single gay man I have ever met has a wicked sense of humor and has great one-liners i mean ever <sighs> i'm sorry if the gay women just aren't as witty as the gay Whoa. men oh step off i'm kidding guys <sighs> um well why can't we make some certain assumptions like if if we're like medically advanced right now to the point where we can do surrogacy couldn't a gay couple say, okay, you can have my sperm or you can implant sperm from a donor? Um, or you would have, I mean, obviously, two gay men wanting to have a child is a little bit more difficult. But I mean, maybe there could be women but, who But that's who not wouldn't. the point. The point is what happens when you have, a, you have an unwanted pregnancy, like uh, Octavia's mother? Like a... Um, well, that's not supposed to happen because she would have been she would have gotten the sterilization implant or birth control implant or whatever after that. I would assume. Yeah, um, I'm still I guess not hers entirely failed. sure how Octavia's mom got pregnant again. Well, I, I mean, I'm, it, I'm it sure failed. it it has some f- failure rate. Yeah, but like it's probably whatever, got a minor like what, failure when rate. that happens for whatever reason, um, what are you supposed to do? And and Joe's uh-huh. point was, well, why why do you have to like? Why can't you just give it to a gay couple? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess That's like if good, all the gay couples question. have kids, then you have to start aborting. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, again, I mean, this comes into question, like. But uh, how do you do that? Like, you can't. You can't say we'll, we'll make an exception for this violation of the law. Yeah. That's that's a good question because anybody could like do it then and just assume that their their child would be adopted out. Yeah. Um so Unless yeah. you tell people like, "All right Dear- people, we're we're <laughs> we're the quota we're, we're out of quota." Quota met. Well, so, Sorry, no so there's another show that I was watching. I can't remember the name of it, but I think I've talked about it on this pod before and it it, it also sort of takes place in a spaceship, not to give too much away. Um but the idea is that no one gets to have kids until someone dies. And then there's like a lottery that sort of <laughs> a couple gets chosen. Oh, and I want to okay. say that like people end up getting sort of like uh, offspring matched. Like you two, you get to have a kid. I don't know if they have to be a couple, but it's basically like whatever computer system that they have analyzes genetics and figures out who's so going to be. So it's kind of like genetic it, en- engineering to produce the best possible offspring. Yeah, but you only get to have an like the only time that a birth is allowed to Is that the happen. only time you get to have sex? I don't think so, because that would... Good luck with that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, the the only people time... people gather around to listen? Oh, my God. Shaheen. Jesus, Shaheen. <laughs> what the fuck? I, in some cultures... There's no porn in space, so, you know. <laughs> got- well, didn't... Hey, Shaheen, to that point, didn't, like, um... When royal couples were were wed, didn't they like have people who would sit there and watch them yeah. have sex for the first yeah. time? Yeah, how are you gonna know? Okay, like, that's fucking some, weird, in y'all. Some cultures that happens. I mean, I mean it's like, not any more weird than people waiting around for the king to like take a dump and like talk to him about it. <laughs> like, well, it's weird enough just having the lights on during sex. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> Why just me? Just you. <laughs> Well, there were no night vision goggles at the time, so. Oh my God, this is totally the Jesus moment Christ. for Luna's frogmen to like creep out on people doing it. We're we're wa- we're watching you doing that nasty, everybody. All right, so let's let's move on real quick. As much as I would love to to keep discussing the gays, um, and the sex. Yep. We need to talk about their conflict, the mountain men's uh, conflicts and their fears and dreams. So, Shaheen, what did you think their fears and dreams were? Yeah, so if you think about the mountain men, they don't have any resource problem. They have Yeah, they're sitting pretty. They eat pie and cake, dude. Yeah, they Jeez, have how? plenty. Like right? where every, do they get every sugar? day is Thanksgiving for them bitches? Yeah, where do they, do they have sugar? like sugar cane growing? Are they getting beet sugar? Like I want to know how. Like I understand. Well, they had a, I I assume that they had hydroponics. But like Sugarcane so, uh, seems Dante like... says that they have hydroponics. I bet they have the best weed, y'all. No, I mean, like, I understand they have hydroponics, but why would you... The amount of sugar required to, like, bake a delicious chocolate cake seems like a huge waste of resources. <laughs> like, in terms but of it's delicious things that you so- can... chocolate cake. I mean, yeah, I like cake, too, but damn. Like, you'd think There's... that they'd be growing, like, fucking sorghum and shit. Well, there, there's also, you know, the, the huge space uh, span of time between now and the future where we could have um, perfected some of this stuff in a lab. Like, we're making lab-grown beef now, right? So why can't we make lab-grown other shit? Okay. So you never know. I mean, this is just one of those... Hand, eh, this is hand the hand-wavy? Wavy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eh, and so on. <laughs> 
They also have no problem with uh, no problem of lack of education or or civil society institutions like the, gra- yeah. the grounders had. Um, they have they ha- they're they've preserved their mm. education and history and everything. Uh, but their main fear is some external threat, right? And this is this is both the radiation and the and the quote unquote savages outside. Um, or you can think of it like as a disease, right? That's the main thing that that's the main plague in their society and the main thing that they're afraid of. Um, and their dream is reclaiming the ground. This is kind of similar to the sky people in terms of returning to the ground, but, um, for, I think it's a little different for, um, for the mountain men, they have always been there they have they for them history never ended right they they preserve history like remember dante said we're the keepers of history right yeah so they got they, all that art and shit for i right. don't know how that all got there they hey, probably have the constitution there they probably have Paris. yeah they probably have they they think that they've preserved all the the con- continuity of history um and all they need to do is just go back to the surface and Reestablish society for the sky people though they think that we should we need to go back to the ground and then go back to our old ways right so it, it's it's a little different um so basically anyway, what you're saying is is that the mountain men are the elitist democrats with their <laughs> arts and their education and they should feel shame for it because that's what i'm getting uh, I'm feeling for, shame for being like having an education and being successful. I am not bitter at this point in time, guys. No. I might just be three drinks in, but not fucking bitter. But go on, Shaheen. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess this this external threat and the fact that the uh, they have there's such a huge cultural and communicative gap or gulf yeah. between them and this external threat, which is the grounders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just is created the situation where this, the mountain men, like we talked about, they think of the grounders as subhuman, right? Yeah. Um, and this is the main reason they have conflict. Um, and of course they, they think that the, the ground is their birthright. So that makes them more dangerous. Um, so, I mean, I feel like obviously, like, like the show, obviously, you can draw so many parallels between everything that happens on the show politically and conflict wise to what happens in in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all of this is grounded in conflicts and systems of government that have happened in the past. But I think it's just so weird, like now where everything is heightened with the recent elections and you kind of see people scapegoated and people treated as the other. Um, it, I just think like the show seems really timely now when it's addressing some of these things. It's, you know, it's no longer this kind of historical perspective or a commentary or a criticism or even a, an experience exploration of different systems of government and how different people embody leadership. It's really like so 
timely. And I don't think that they intended any of this. Like, I don't think, like, no, because they're like, oh. Remember when we were all joking about Pike being Trump and it was funny? And then. Yeah. Uh, hey, guess what, guys? It's not funny anymore. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe I will take the chip. You know, I, I, I can't say for certain now. <laughs> if there was a chip available right now, I would fucking take it. I can say that for certain. I would take it. I would escape all That's the shit. That's all it took? <laughs> <laughs> I spent the past six months <laughs> arguing against you guys' moralistic and romantic <laughs> arguments for preserving the dead people's memories and the imperfection makes creates beauty. All it took was Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, you so presented this it as this like of no principles. You <laughs> tried to appeal to our rationalism, Shaheen, and that's not what this election was about. It was not you can't be rational about that. It's, you know, it's not about facts. It's it's about what you feel. So, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shaheen. You- Look, Shani, you've, you've, you found us at our low point, right? Yeah. You found us at a low point. Hey, everybody. This is Jen, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Well, as fate would have it, we ran really long on this podcast. So we're going to break this into a couple episodes. So we've covered... Uh, both mine and Shaheen's themes of leadership and politics and his um, war and conflict ones. We kind of just combine those two. And then our next episode, episode 14, we're going to be covering Joe's theme of subverting gender roles. Um, so stick around for that in a week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, hope you're going to enjoy next episode as well. As I get progressively drunker, the whole thing uh, I'm just an embarrassment to the human race at this point but uh, oh and the one thing that I forgot to mention because it's been a while since we recorded and it's been a while since anything good has happened in the world but <laughs> the Chicago Cubs did in fact win the World Series I cried my dad called me he was crying um, so it was pretty fucking great so go Cubs go And may we geek again?